The Cameron Lazies have returned. Uh, we want to say an apology to all our listeners up top that we have not recorded in one week. We have missed the NC State game. We have missed the Virginia Tech game. But here we are. We're back, and we vow to do better. Like every blog you read in the late 90s uh, with two posts, we are saying we're about to update a lot more frequently. So thank you for sticking with us. Uh, I am Shane, of course. I'm here with Ariana. Mm-hmm. I'm here with Aaron, fresh off a of massive tennis victory. I do not apologize for missing any of the podcasts because this has all been Shane's fault. That's good. That's good. It's a good lesson from our political world that you never apologize. Always double down. Mm-hmm. It's always somebody else's fault. Yep. We have nothing but grievance against our listeners. Mm-hmm. No, blame- it's not against the listeners. It's against you. Well, a podcast divided cannot stand. <clears throat> okay, you're being... A little divisive already. Oh, no. That's it? <laughs> that's that's your retort? Yeah, that was my retort. Okay, Good cool. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a rip-roaring start yep. here. So, Peak okay, performance. Here's what we've missed. Uh, Duke, Duke uh, came into this week, this previous week, off a Notre Dame game that was amazing, off a Florida State win that was amazing, off a UNC win that was amazing. We had a one-game lead in the ACC on both Florida State and Louisville. Uh, the NC State game, we absolutely Ugh. blew it. We bombed so hard. We bombed. And then the karmic balances were restored with uh, the kind of victory you'd expect over Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. a fun game, an easy game. It's what we needed. Uh, but it's not a wash for the week because now we're in a three-way tie with Florida State and Louisville. Um, they do have to play each other. Yep. Uh, but Florida State, uh, so we own the tiebreak with Florida State because we've beaten them head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Louisville owns us. So... That's where things stand right now. Yeah, We've hoping got, for a Florida State victory. Hope, hoping for a Florida State victory, and then, like honestly, that they drop another game. I'd like yeah. a, I'd like a clean outright yeah, win. Yeah, it would be nice. Um, and of course, Duke is not uh, out of the no. woods yet. We uh, we have to play State again. Again, this time at home. But I think we have to play Wake at Wake. I think we're at Virginia too, and that's yeah. the that's the big one. Um, so yeah, I I think maybe I was uh, I came into this week a little overconfident. I think I thought Duke was going to go. Uh, you think so i think we could have when you look at how we performed against state it was literally one of the worst games in like duke basketball history under coach k and like you can't anticipate that performance like you can't anticipate that the state game is going to be hard because we have a tough time playing them anyways but you can't anticipate that we were going to show up that badly true yeah uh, exactly I, i think um you know you and i ariana both felt that the state game mm-hmm. was was going to be tough. We've had a, a tough history in that building. But yeah, I did not expect that we would just not show up for the game. It was awful. From the get-go. Mm-hmm. And like and it was just ugly. It was painful to watch and like they were just listless. Like But don't you think like after getting down I think they were what down like 10-2 or or you know, a, a pretty big margin at mm-hmm. the beginning. Okay, fine. Wake up call. Yep, we're done. You, you we're get, done screwing get, around. Like, let's. But it didn't happen. No. And, you know, cre- really, credit to State, though. They they had a great game plan. Mm-hmm. It was like um, Stephen F. Austin on steroids. Yeah. Uh, they were getting paint touches constantly. They were confusing the hell out of Vernon Carey. Mm-hmm. And um, their guys just went off. They didn't miss. Yep. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I think that's part of it, mm-hmm. that they played very well. Mm-hmm. But... The effort level was just, yeah. It reminded me of the start of the UNC game where like UNC came out so like 
white hot and it was like they couldn't miss a thing and like they just had us on the ropes the whole entire time but in this game we never hit that pivot point where yeah. we were like okay fuck it we're gonna like win this game yeah, we like, went that away never happened with yeah. state and it was just like they just rolled over and we're like okay like we'll take the l we're not happy about it, but we'll take it. There was one moment in the second half that I keep thinking back on. I think we got to within 10, and we just got some really bad Vern hands mm-hmm. all over the place. And I've, two straight possessions, and then they hit two threes, yep, and then it, was, then it was lights out. Then it was the game was basically over. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. I, I thought Corey Alexander, was he the... In yesterday's game, in the Virginia Tech game, Mm -hmm. he was a color announcer, and he, I thought, made a good point, um, and he may have been quoting Coach K, but essentially that as much as we like this team and as good as this team is, the margins are small. Mm -hmm. You can't come in and have a really bad game, or you'll get beat by, you know, NC State certainly looks good to me when they played, but they're not a great team. Nobody would argue that. They were a bubble team. They're probably uh, well in now, but... Yeah, you can't lose the. You're going to lose to a team like that for sure. And any team that's in the tournament beyond perhaps a first round game uh, is going to be capable of beating this team. And that I think is a reality that we have to accept. Uh, without being pessimistic, there's another reality that's we can easily make the final mm-hmm. four this year. We saw on Saturday an unbelievable amount of carnage. Baylor lost. To be fair to a good Kansas team, but we mm-hmm. saw Gonzaga kind of get exposed. We saw San Diego State mm-hmm. finally lose. Um, you know, we saw Louisville have their trouble. There is not one good dominant team. And if anybody would say there is one, it's a team we've already beaten in Kansas. Right. So look, we can, we can do great things, but we can also throw up a stinker and get right. beat. And, and that's what I think the problem is, is that if we get there, sure. Baylor's beatable. Kansas, we've already beaten definitely, them. Definitely. Gonzaga's the, beatable. We have to make it there and, and we can't, we can't <clears throat> afford to show up, like to not show up for correct. a game. And so that state game reminded me a lot of like a second round game mm-hmm. that you just kind of you're not if we're a two seed we yep. lose to a lehigh or or wait or a two, mercer two, does two play a seven uh wait. in the second round in yeah. the second round yeah. yeah a seven or a ten i mean right? i'm saying we don't even get to the second round if we show off like we showed up oh against yeah NC well, state yeah <laughs> uh, i mean true um I, I think this this team makes it past the first round but <clears throat> exactly. I'm very worried about that seven or 10 team mm-hmm. uh, because that's going to be an NC state. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we had a very good uh, uh, Twitter comment from at Steve Melnick, uh, which was, you know, what we learned, I, I guess, jumping ahead to after last night, mm-hmm. uh, after the, the game against Virginia tech is that we know we have a very high ceiling team, mm-hmm. that's right. but we also have a very low floor team. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, we have a lot of variance yeah. in terms of the performance that we can put in. And sure, we could be world beaters, but we could also stink it up. Now, I will say, I, I do want to say that basketball is such a strange game that even teams that are very good are going to come out and have really bad games mm-hmm. sometime where everything goes against you. You're on the road. You can never get the energy. So I, I just, out of curiosity, looking back at Duke's last national title team in 2015, um, we lost by 16 at home to an unranked Miami team. Mm-hmm. We lost by 12 on the road at NC State, uh, you know, and then won most of our games after that. But this is an example. Uh, then, then you lose to Notre Dame at home in the last game of the regular season mm-hmm. by 10. So there are bad losses. There are bad losses even in title years, unless you have a team like, you know, Kentucky uh, with 38 uh, with and yeah. Davis that we beat. <laughs> Uh, well, like the Anthony Davis team. Oh, That's wait, a, no, we didn't beat them. Wisconsin beat them. It was Indiana. What? Uh, their only loss That's, that year was to Indiana at the it? at the assembly at Assembly Hall. Kentucky? 
with Anthony in Davis. 2015. That's the team that went to the Final Four. No, no, no. I'm talking about their title team with Anthony oh, Davis. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about all time great. Okay, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. teams. Um, so yeah, like there, there's a part of me that wants to say, look, I'm not going to read too much into this game. Road games are always, always hard in the ACC, no matter what. And sometimes you're going to throw up a stinker, and maybe it's a good reality check. But I guess. If you're going to say that, you also have to look at the game itself and say, how did they expose yep. us? What things specifically looked poor? My impression was Trey Jones did not look like a National Defensive Player of the Year, to say the absolute least. I mean, is that fair? Um, I'm having a hard time remembering. I was like at home sick watching this <laughs> game uh, in my armchair, and I had that moment where I was like, I should have just gone to bed. Um, but like Markel, Markel the, Johnson kind of yeah. just owned us. I think for me, one of the, if you look at our scoring for that game, I know that's like not talking about defense at all, but we had two dominant scores and then we had like minimal production from everybody else. Right. And this is a team where like, unlike last year when you can have Zion put up, you know, God knows how many points or RJ put up, God knows how many points. This team doesn't have players that can do that. Like we had, I think... Trey had what 17 and Vern had 27 or something like that. That's right. And yep. then we had no other players in double digits mm -hmm. and we had several of our bench players that had no points whatsoever. And so I think it really capitalized the fact that this team needs production from all areas of the, of the court because we just don't have enough offensive firepower to compete um and and to be fair i think other than this game we have gotten very good production out right. of guys beyond our big two or our big three this is a weird game where hurt stanley goldwire uh and alex o'connell who's been coming on lately uh just didn't give you anything joey baker for some reason is really not playing that much anymore yeah. uh jack white is not playing much anymore but usually one of those guys gives you a little bit uh including wendell moore sometimes well, um if you the thing that i think was really dispositive uh, was the lack of assists that we had in the mm -hmm. game. Agreed. Uh, and I think that was like early on in the game or for the, uh, it, we, we ended up with six total team assists, but I feel like they were all later in the game. There was a point where we only had like two assists for like a long stretch of the game. And so, I mean, six is bad <clears throat> on its own. Six is bad on its own. Yeah. We've gotten to like 15, I think, and in, in some really good games that we've played. But, it, you know, it might not just be that we're not getting the production out of those guys, but maybe they're not getting the ball yeah. uh, or, or sharing among themselves. So what worries me about this is less the offense. I agree with what you yeah. all are saying, but just the weird Jekyll and Hyde nature of our team defensively, mm -hmm. where it's like you give up 79 points to Clemson and Louisville back to back. Then you look amazing for a while. Then you give up 88 in a win to Syracuse. Uh, then you give up 98 to UNC. Granted, overtime game, mm -hmm. still scoring a lot. Then again... You hold Florida State to 65, you hold Notre Dame to 60, and then boom, NC State comes and drops yeah. 88 on you. And it's like, what is the difference? I mean, is it as simple as intensity? Is it a difference in the makeup of the team we're playing? Uh, of those teams, I mean, Louisville, there's no doubt about it, is one of the best teams in college basketball this year. The other teams are not that great. There's no reason we should be giving up that much. It's uh, when we're getting shredded by guards. Right. Yeah. So, and not just that. If you look at the amount of turnovers we had, probably in all of those games that you just mentioned, they're super high. And like, not only were they super high, the area that they are at the court is like right after we cross the half court line, which just opens up like NC State for fast break and things like that. And in addition to that, the amount of like 
easy missed layups that we had also just created easy offense for them on the other end of the floor. So it's like we didn't even have a chance to get a defense set up to try and combat them. So not only were we like not playing defense well when we had opportunities to actually set up and do something, we had guys getting lost. We also just were giving them easy offense time and time and time and time again. Um, And like one of the interesting things, I was talking with one of my friends about this last night is in some ways, I also think that um, the NC State game also highlighted a weakness for Vern on defense yes. because anytime there was a switch and Vern ended up guarding like far out on the perimeter, he just he got beat. He's not fast enough to guard out mm-hmm. there. And so it's like you have to switch back immediately so that he is not caught in no man's land because his guard blew past him. And now there's nobody in the lane to stop that drive. He totally gets murdered. And but, he's, he's also slow and helped each. Yeah. Still, still. But we've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This is the formula. Right. To beat that, us. That teams have beaten us. Yeah. With. Yeah. And by the way, uh, there was a uh, John Feinstein wrote a, a nice article about Stephen F. Austin. Uh, they're a legitimately good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that, I, there's, I just bring that up because, you know, it's at the beginning of the season that was a really terrible loss but now looking at their oh, it's resume not, it, it's like yeah it's it's not a terrible it's not that terrible a loss i mean it's a good team that could do mm-hmm. some real damage in yeah. the tournament uh, but you're right i mean this is these if are the they teams. get into the tournament i think that's been some of the discussion is yeah. that i've seen ken ken Pom, pomeroy uh tweet about these things well, uh, Stephen F. Austin's 24 and 3, but they're in a conference where if you don't where, win the, yeah, you don't you win the conference in. tournament, you're not getting There's in. There's absolutely and, no spot for you. But yeah. even the quality of their wins uh, mm-hmm. uh, and things like that stack up against the Power Five conference teams. So, yeah, sure. Um, uh, they won't get in the tournament unless they win their conference, most likely. But in a just world, they would be a legitimate bubble mm-hmm. team that could get in or an at large team rather uh, uh, that could get in without winning their conference tournament. Well, I mean, and this goes back to, I think a debate we've had before. And it's one I think about all the time about the, the merit in winning your conference Mm -hmm. versus winning your conference tournament. Now, if I, in a just world, I understand why they do it because look, there's an exciting conference tournament week. ESPN gets to hold these small Mm -hmm. tournaments and show the championships. And we all like watching it. But it is uh, far more fair and far more indicative of who the best team is to give the automatic berth to the best team in the regular season in the conference. Also, I will say this, um, a couple years ago when I was writing about college basketball more regularly, um, I looked up uh, you know, national title and final four teams to see what predicted their success. And winning a regular season uh, conference is far bigger predictor of success than, than winning a conference yeah. tournament. Sure. Now, the best is winning both of them. Mm-hmm. That's better than either one individually. But the one, if you just win a conference tournament, very, very rare. UConn was one. Very, very rare that you're going to go win a national title yeah. uh, or make a final four. Winning a regular season conference. Yeah. And now, just anecdotally, we always joke about like UNC when they win a national title, they always lose in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. of the ACC tournament. Yeah. Like, there is like anecdotally, it makes sense. Like it doesn't sort of matter. Like you know, the conference tournament doesn't matter, but it matters a huge deal for Stephen F. Austin. Um, yeah, because it's in or out for them. It's in or out, and and it comes down to one game. And it's always sad when you see a team that did had a great year, maybe lost once or twice, mm-hmm. and they're not going to the tournament yep. because. Uh, I don't even know what their conference is called, but uh, it's Southland. Yeah, the Southland. You're not going to have two teams in there ever. Yeah. It's just not no. going to happen. I'm, so, like, yes, this is there's an obvious analog to to what we do in in the academic world, which is you know we know now that grades are a much greater mm-hmm. predictor of success, right? The grades that you accumulate yeah, then over like four SAT, years, GRE, then your then test your test scores. score. So <laughs> I think you can yeah. liken that to the to the regular season in the tournament. Um, 
whereas the tournament is the the test score, mm-hmm. right? Where it's flashy. Yeah. Everyone likes to see it's that number. It's an easy number. metric to look at. <clears throat> exactly. But but we know that that it's your body of work. And of course, like that's what analytics do. And, and that's what, you know, the aggregation of success over time uh, will give you. Um, so it, it also depends upon the quality of the of the team you play. So you look at, at uh, the teams you play. So you look at San Diego State, right? They're going to certainly win their conference uh, regular season. Um, presumably they will also get an at-large bid if they don't win uh, their conference. Yeah, they're in the Mountain West. They're, they're, so, in, they're in no so matter what. That's yeah. a, what a, what's the other, there's Power 5 and then the other one. Uh, it's like, like five other conferences. It's I would, yeah. It's like you'd call it like an upper mid major or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, yeah. The, so the Mountain West always gets a couple bids, and they're always terrible. By the way, they always <laughs> flop in the yeah. tournament. Um, but yeah. So going really quickly back to Duke's defense because I think it relates to that. Again, if you're looking at the entire body of work, Duke has a really good defensive team. We're still in adjusted D in the top ten. Um, in Ken Pomeroy, we're in the top ten in Bart Torvik's ratings. Um, but yeah, sometimes we can really throw up a stinker. And <laughs> you look at it and you go, well, if it's one out of every six games, roughly, <laughs> that, yeah. that's how many there are in a tournament if you go on a, if you go on a winning run. And so it, to me, it is worrisome just how completely the wheels come off when things start to go bad. Um, and I think Aaron's right. I think guard play for the other team dictates it. And we've also talked all year about how when other teams are scoring, it forces us into mm-hmm. a half-court offense, which is our weakest offense, yeah. and it takes away our transition opportunities. So everything is interdependent and related. Synergistic. <laughs> synergistic. I like to Yeah, I yeah. like synergistic. Um, and yeah, kind of, I, I think it's not just defensively, we sometimes don't show up. I think it's plays are really other teams are really smart in how they come at us. And like teams who have had really effective guards have been able to use that strategy and really take it to us. Um, And then, yeah, it all sort of feeds into itself to make things terrible on our end. Um, We also, I think against state got like pretty horribly out rebounded too. Like we had so many one and done possessions and it just, yeah. But once they got us kind of, off balance on defense by having Vern on the perimeter and blowing past him or um, things like that. It just, there really wasn't much we could do to stop it. Yeah. They um, roughly the same amount of offensive boards, but they killed us on the defensive mm-hmm. glass. Uh, so yeah, it's, and look, we shot poorly. Everything oh, went, yeah, everything we went, shot so bad. It was really bad. The, the free throws. I mean, Ugh, the one barf. thing, I don't know if I asked you guys this or if I said it on Twitter, but um so I'm looking now, and Vernon Carey went 7 for 12, which is not terrible, but it felt like he missed a bunch in that stretch when it felt like, oh, maybe we're, we're kind of trying to get close. Um, and I do feel, I mean, he's been such an amazing player. He's going to be probably uh, third-team All-American or, or something like that. He's going to be one of those nationally recognized players. He's going to be on an All-ACC team. But it does feel like the games we lose, it's when he's bad. <laughs> we we, we kind of go as Vern goes. Like when you look at Stephen F. Austin when he couldn't make a foul shot, when you look at, I believe it was Clemson, when he got completely dominated yeah. uh, and was also missing foul shots. When he's off, um, we're off. So yes and no, I think. I mean, because if you if you look at Vern, if he's not like if he didn't put up the numbers that he put up, like that game would have been even uglier for True. us. Yeah, he's like um, and so he still had like he still had a really good game, but I do think 
going back to the free throws that he missed, I think that comes back to Aaron's point about like the moments of the game. And like, those were in crucial moments where it's like, yeah. if we can just get up like past that point, we kept getting to like, I don't know, seven, eight points down. And like, we could never quite get over that hump. And it's yeah. like, if he, those made free throws could have just gotten us there. I think those are like necessary momentum swings. Um, but I think insofar as him being bad, it wasn't so much on the offensive end as much as it was on the defensive end and having those Vern hands moments where it's just like, <laughs> there's just like it, it just ruins our offense when those moments happen. Cause it's like, you can see where the play is going and then you never yep. get those big energy boosting moments because the ball has been bobbled and like, yeah. It's a it's I, lost. I, I'm not ready to put this on on Vern either. No, uh, and I don't, I don't. By the way, I don't put it on Monsignor. Well, no, I, think, yeah. I, think I mean, Cash did. also did. didn't show up for that game to the point where I said to you and I said to another friend of mine, I was like, sometimes I think we're better without Cash's. Granted, yeah. Cash's yeah. was also coming back from his eye poke injury. Right. It was funny because at the same time, I was thinking when you sent that, I was like, you know, in the UNC game, we started turning it around when Vernon was on the bench. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy so, theories, man. Yeah, this podcast is now just like arguing that every good. <laughs> yeah. Player is actually it's bad. bad. <laughs> right, so our lineup should be Javin and Jack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, only if so you can if you can remove two on five. <laughs> I just look. It may be right. It may be wrong. I don't know why he doesn't try it. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, pull the Hoosiers thing where the refs like Coach K. You only have two players. He's like, my team's on the floor. <laughs> my team is on the floor. Um, what were you gonna say, Aaron? Oh, I mean, I was just gonna say that that I think it it actually got back to. Corey Alexander and then mm. Shane's point about our margins, yeah. um, uh, which is to say if anything goes wrong um, or, or, or rather not if anything goes wrong, but if, if we're not getting a good defensive performance from, from Vern or from our, our perimeter defenders uh, we don't really have a way to get around that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or if yeah. Vern is missing key free throws, we don't really have a way to get around that. Yep. Um, so yeah, like, Okay, now it's time. This is not a this is not a great team. <laughs> Thank you. Nailed it. <laughs> I had to do it, folks. I've got a um, we have a new podcast mixer in the house, and I've been waiting. And I have all these sound. I was actually trying to play the sad trombone there. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, there's, there's okay. There's a cheering and the. Go trombone. ahead. Say say we don't have a great team again. We we don't have a great team. <laughs> Shade's real bad with the sound <laughs> Okay, do it one more time. I like the birds. <laughs> I think those were crickets. They were, yeah, they they were, were pigeons. Crickets and then, oh yeah, the pigeons. pigeons. Uh, one more time. What kind of team do we have here? I, I just have to say it. We don't have a great team. <laughs> Very good. Finally. But like, I get that it's a cliche to say that, and I get that Coach K uses this as a motivational tactic yeah. every year, and he totally. says, we're a good team, we're we not a great team. Good team. We're a good team, we're it's not a, a great special team. team. It's a special team. I love this team, but we're not great. Yeah. But like, actually, we're not great. Right? We we are not among, even though, even though we have performed well this season, and even though I think that we are among the class of the college basketball that's teams right. this year. That's right, that's right. No one is great. Nope. Um, and we're in there too. Yeah. Like this is a team that has flaws. Yeah. Your standard of greatness is correct and aligns with mine, which is that it's a high standard. It goes for teams that uh, really, you look at them all season and you go, this team should win a title. Yeah. Or if there's another great team, they should be in the, but you know. Contention. Like, yeah. Like the 2010 title team, to me, not a great team. No, not, not a, great a great team. team. No. A 2011 team before Kyrie got hurt, 
great an all time great team. The 2015 team, great team. Mm-hmm. This team, not absolutely a not a great team. Last year's team, very close. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Almost, but oh. much, much more talented, obviously. Last year's team kind of schooled this year's team, hands down. Even though there are several of the same guys. No, it's true. Well, yeah. and la- But the thing is, yeah, last year's team was not great because we lacked a thing that you cannot win a title without in college basketball, which is three-point shooters. Mm-hmm. But you know, other than that, it was a dream team. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have RJ and Zion, and it just shows you how important three-point shooters yeah. are that this team... And, and, like, look, the Michigan State loss was a tragedy. We all hated it. But going into that tournament, it was that result wouldn't have been a surprise. We all knew that that team had a fundamental weakness mm-hmm. that could cost us any game. It, um, they, had a, in- they had a fundamental weakness, but I feel like the margins were much wider. Yes. Right? So we almost won that game shooting two for 19. We, well, all year. Like, all year we won yeah. games. All year. Like yeah. One for 14. Duke wins by 11. Like, and so I was just yeah. going to say, right, in contrast to looking at this team and talking about like this team as not a great team, like we know that last year's team wasn't a great team because three-point shooting was like a thing that we just like did not have. That's right. This year's team, our three-point shooting is better, but it's spotty. And we, I, I still feel like, I mean, one, we just talked about our margins for like losing are much greater. And like, I don't feel, even in, like with the exception of games like last night where it's like a complete and total blowout, I don't feel comfortable in these this team's wins, right? It's always kind of on edge. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They keep us... They keep us on, yeah. Yeah, on like they hooks. have to scrap together pieces to win. Aside from nights like last night, where it's like for yeah. whatever reason everything is clicking for them. So That's it's right. like a very interesting, like the dynamics for this team, like the upswings and downswings are like chaotic. And another thing that Corey Alexander said was, "Well, if Cassius Stanley plays like this every night, mm-hmm. and it's like, yes, if he if, if he shoots no like six of eight if, from three <laughs> yeah. and is fucking dunking the ball out of the gym, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. If all of our uh, best, if all, if all of our players, players play just well. play their best, yeah. then, <laughs> yeah. Now, Aria, your point is good. It's and I think the Notre Dame game fooled me a little bit. I think it's almost like you're rolling a six sided dice uh, with various factors of our games, including three point shooting, mm-hmm. including defense, and it's not like you know." It's it's not flipping a coin. We have a better odds than that. But yeah. there are times when you can roll two bad ones. You can yeah. roll a bad three-point shooting night and a bad defensive night. And you're done. And you don't just look mortal. You look like shit. Yep. Like we did I'm against I'm not NCAA. familiar with rolling six-sided die because I'm not a nerd. Okay, well. Uh, do you not play Yahtzee? I was going to say, like Monopoly? Is that a nerd like, game? Like, do you play no games that involve dice? Oh, wait, six sides. Oh, that's not the, it's the 12 sides. So yeah, you were, you were trying to nerd I was trying to, shame I was trying to nerd failed. shame. I was, I was. <laughs> Team Ariana Shane, back yeah. in business. High five. Oh, Fuck Aaron. <laughs> oh, hey, Aaron. Uh, here's what, here's what we think to your shit. <laughs> That's birds. That's birds. It's it's beautiful crickets. bird sounds. All right, if you have an opinion on this, Enjoy yeah. the bird crickets sounds. Crickets are birds, folks. Crickets are birds. <laughs> okay, fine. Prove to me that a cricket is not a bird. Look, all right. <laughs> here's the thing. A cricket is technically a pigeon. Ta- taxonomically. <laughs> taxonomically. <laughs> But it's not a bird, and a bird isn't a pigeon, and a pigeon is a cousin of a rat, and that's true. Okay. Um, oh God. That last part was a fact, but it'll get lost oh, in the muddle. Amazing. A bird and a, a pigeon and a rat are cousins. Okay, so that's um, true. That's true. So then we come back to Virginia Tech, and yeah. life was good. Oh, so good. Life was good. So um, so good for pretty much everybody. I mean, Jack White. Still, we can come back to that. I will say though, hands down, player that had the best like minute of that game was J Rob. 
because oh, yeah. he had that block. <laughs> oh yeah. And then the dunk back to back, and it was just phenomenal. Me and my friends had just done like an over under of how many blocks he was going to get in like the yeah. minute he had to play, and then that happened. Oh, it was he had just, a three oh, too. It was a thing of beauty, didn't he? Yeah, he did have a three. He had a three. Yeah, he scored he, five. Like. It was beautiful. At the end of this year, there's gonna we're gonna look at the per minute stats. And, oh yeah, and history will judge Coach K for not <laughs> using J. Rob. Like, J. Rob was not just a good player; he was gonna be consensus player of the year. Oh, yeah, O'Connell plays 17 minutes and scores four. You put Robinson in for three minutes, he scores five. Right. Better player. I mean, that's all there is to it. Clearly, stats don't lie. Um, yeah. So yeah, everybody was really good. I I don't know that there's much to say about this game. Virginia Tech's not a good game, but no, I have something to say. Do it. Go for it. I have something to say. And that's in the last game that we played against Virginia Tech. We we struggled against the four guards and the one big. Um, and especially Vernon Carey struggled. Uh, we also struggled to get him the ball. Uh, he had a really rough game. I think he only he played like 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah, that they game. yanked him early. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he almost he didn't play almost the entire second half, if I remember correctly. 15 minutes exactly, Aaron. <clears throat> wow, pretty good. Hold on. Nope. Oh. There we go. Ow. That's the one. Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think you're just doing it to mess up my flow now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have you're to take the sorry. soundboard away. You're not sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, people should see this. I'm hovered over this. <laughs> ready to zap it. There's three things I can do now with the new mixing board. I can mute people. Um, I can do uh, the thing. And more dangerously, I could just blast headphone volume. Yep. Way up, which I would painful. never do. Uh, sorry, Aaron. Please. Well, now I have no idea what I was saying. No, I, I was saying. Burn and how I, yes. we struggled against. Yes, against the, the four guard, against the four guard lineup. Um, this time he, A, we were getting, it seemed like we were getting better post entries to him because he was scoring uh, effortlessly, it looked like, um, uh, when he was matched up one-on-one, and they were not able to double him. Right, uh, right, right. Uh, and, yeah, he had a he had a, a much more solid game defensively where this thing was over mm-hmm. in, like, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the rest was just the mopping up. Um, uh, so I, I see uh, the last Virginia Tech game was a legitimately hard game. Right, so we we played Michigan State. That was the the week we played Michigan State on the road, and then Virginia Tech on the road. That's right. Yeah, and we and we to be fair, eventually did blow them away. But losing, did, losing but by it, three at the half, we we yeah. did. But it took a while. It took really until that last like five or or seven minutes, That's if right. I we remember correctly. And there was, I think, it was Trey Jones' best quote of the season, both post best post game quote of the season, which was, "We just ran them into the ground." Yeah. Uh, after that first game. So yeah. we really had to, mm-hmm. to actually grind it out mm-hmm. uh, in this game. Oh God, it was over. Yeah. So soon. Uh, which is great. And that, that is one interesting thing that I think has changed about Duke because yeah, I remember that. And the Michigan state win was similar in that they kept it close for a while. And then, you know, Trey on Cassius uh, Winston mm-hmm. uh, eventually just wore them down completely. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were doing to teams at that point was yep. wearing them down. And at the end of games, we were running all over them. Yep. And that was fun. Now it's like, we kick the shit out of teams, and it's like we or we, we don't show up, or we don't or we don't show up. Let, more, to be fair, more infrequently, more of, right? I mean, let's yeah, let's put a, a pin on this. Twenty three and four is our record, and mm-hmm. we're thirteen and three in conference, which I think is it's better good. than any of us projected. And when you look at, we didn't project how bad the conference was going to be. Yeah, that is true. completely true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and now let's see. We have 
let's see, four games yeah, left? Yeah, we have Wake, Virginia, State, and UNC. Not in that order. I think it's... Yeah, no, you got it. Oh, it's yeah. like, cool. And only one of those games is easy. I I mean, I'm really going back on what I said before this well, week. Do you think the Wake game is easy? I think that's I think not the Wake game's game. not going to be easy. You know, Especially because so. it's no. at Wake. At Wake? What else know. do they have to play for? They're 4-12. and 12. They suck, man. They're terrible. I think it's going to be easy. So I, did UNC in that game was a struggle. Yeah, but here's the thing. There's absolutely no pride in Wake the way there is no, in State or, or UNC. Kid, the Childress kid is really good. No, he's good, but there's no pride. They're not going to show up and like root mm-hmm. them on. I mean, I know they beat UNC. They beat Clemson at home. Eh, maybe. Maybe you're right. I just don't I just don't think it's like... Look, I've been to that. They're Lawrence Joel, Veterans Memorial, whatever it is. It's, it's a cavern. I mean, they don't like their team. They're disenchanted. It's a private school. They don't have. I, I just don't think it's going to be that crazy an environment for us. Could be wrong. I was definitely wrong about NC State. Crickets. I was just going to let you go. <laughs> no, I, I'm done. Uh, I, I don't think that'll be a tough game for us. Uh, but I. Oh, actually, do you want to rank um, the toughest the, games that we of have the last left? four? Which Ooh. are the toughest? That's as tough. So you, um, you said Virginia. So I, you're already locked into Virginia. No, 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 no. I'm not I locked into Virginia. I think I go... You're locked in. State first. Toughest? Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though it's at home. I've seen us lose to state at home, and it isn't fun. Um, I feel like I go state... Hmm. I kind of want to go state UNC... Virginia Wake. And State. Wake and Virginia, I think, can flip. Okay. State, UNC, Virginia Wake. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after all that, last you think two Wake can, is the easiest? Last, no, <laughs> I, I said last yeah. two can switch sure, places. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron? Mm, okay. Uh, Carolina? Number one, toughest. Toughest. Okay. Because it's a rivalry game. Uh, Virginia second, Wake third, State fourth. Mm-hmm. So we're going on how we think it's going to end, right? Not the way it looks on paper. Like the actual, re- we're going by what just what's going to be the, a tougher game. What do game? we think the toughest game is going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So based on results, I think Coach K is going to have these guys totally ready to go for NC State. So yeah, I, that's I, why I put them last. You did put them last. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Wake, I think is going to be easiest. Then I'll go State. You're going in the opposite order. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't follow directions, I know, Aaron. This is terrible. Why do we tolerate this? <laughs> Because I can just blast his soundboard. Because he can mute us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, enough of that. Oh, God. Come on, you guys. People are going to love this. Grow up. I feel Um, like he's going to settle on the same order as you, Aaron. What's going to happen is I'm going to find that the only track I recorded was the sound pad. So (laughs) So it's going to be just an hour of mostly silence. silence. 30 30 minutes in, there's crickets. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so trombone. easiest wake next is going to be state. Then I'm going to think I do Still like the wrong order. I do like our matchup against UVA. So I, I'm going to agree with Aaron. I'm going to put UNC as the toughest. Um, but again, I, I don't, I don't know. Look, I think all four games we should win. I want to go 17 and three. I think we should win them. I think we're going to, but they all scare me in their own ways. Fair. But you know, <laughs> what do you think is the, actually the most likely of the records for the last four games. I'm going to give you a little curve um, where the most likely is three and one for sure. Okay. The second most likely I would say is four and oh, then two and two, then one and three, then oh and four. 
But I think three and one probably statistically is the sweet spot. Mm. Yeah. I kind of like two and two. <laughs> yeah, I know you do because you're <laughs> you're fundamentally pessimistic. <laughs> I mean, at least I didn't go zero oh and four. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I think if we don't show up last night, there is a legitimate chance that we just lose, lose out. them all. If we lost to home to Virginia Tech, it would be yeah, shut it down. I mean, complete disaster. Yeah, I I think, and I'm gonna be mad at myself if I'm cursing us. Now, I think we're going to go 4 0 for the last games. I think they're going to be ugly wins, but I think we're going to pull them out. I do too. I'm with you. I think 4 0 is my pick. I think 3 1 probably gun to your head. Is, yeah. But like, this is what I believe is that we're going to go 4 0. I um, believe, I think th- I'm I believe least, 3 1, but I would go to 2 2. I think I'm least worried about the UVA game. I am too. But I don't know if yeah. right. I don't know why, but yeah. that's how I feel about it. Because they can't outscore us. That's like, yeah. 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 I th- that's their, yeah. I, I am not worried about that game. Yeah. So, okay, let's look real quick at Florida State's schedule. The big one is... is them Louisville Monday. Tomorrow night mm-hmm. against Louisville. Oh, they have to go to Clemson. That's but, not going to be fun. That's no, what I'm yeah. saying. If, so, if so they, if beat they can Louisville, beat Louisville, then lose to Clemson yeah, in a letdown. Yeah, we can do this thing. Um, now, but the big thing, though, is Louisville because they only have three games left. Yeah. They have not had their bye yet. So they are at Florida State, home against Virginia Tech, which they won't lose. Nope. And then at UVA, which I hate to put all my hopes on it. Uh, yeah, I feel like they hopefully feel, drop the state, the Florida State game. It does feel, and and if they beat Florida State and Virginia Tech, then they're the playing dunk. for a title yeah. at UVA, and so yeah. they're not going to come out weak. Uh-uh. I think I think this is do or die Monday yeah, night. They, for, for we Duke. need we need FSU to show up. Now, what happens if it's a three way tie? I know it's unlikely. I don't know. I guess probably we share because it's yeah. Cir- it's I think circular, it would be a share because head I, to head. at that point, yeah, it would be us over state lost to Louisville. State lost to us beat Louisville. Louisville beat us lost to Florida State. So it would end up being shared. Now, what's interesting if they do a shared record though, Florida State would actually have a better record because they beat Louisville twice. twice. Mm. So eh, whatever, it'll be interesting. Yeah, let's try to win it out, right? Yeah. Uh, what else we got, guys? Want to go to Twitter and see what we oh, got? Yeah, we have a yeah. Twitter question. All right, Cody Rowe says, I haven't had a chance this year to follow Duke as closely as I usually do, but can you fill me in on which players are expected to leave for the draft mm. and who's expected to stay? Can't remember the last time we didn't have one to two lottery picks on the roster. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? Vern's gone. You think? Yeah. I, I feel like there's no... So, yeah. Vern, Cassius, I'd say... Hurt and Wendell probably staying. Trey's gone as well. Yeah. Um, Trey's for sure gone. Every year it seems like there's a surprise of somebody who goes. Yeah, like Marquise Bolden last year. Yeah. What about Cassius? I think Cash goes. So I was talking to my friend Benji about this last night um, because we were talking about Matt Hurt and he asked the question, like, do you think, like, do you think Matt Hurt's ready to go to the NBA? Um, And... To me, I think one of the things, like, one, I don't think he's ready. I think actually all of the guys that we have right now could, like, with the exception of Trey probably, could use another season to, like, mature and, like, grow into their roles and, like, their strengths and work on their weaknesses. Um, But I feel like the way the system is right now, the recruits we have coming in for next year, like, fills out a, like, roster. And so there isn't room for 
guys to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of creates an impetus for folks to leave almost regardless of whether or not they could use that extra season. Yeah. If they're going to go, they're going to go now because of the guys coming in. Yeah. You come back next year and you're going to compete for a yeah. starting spot. And if coach, you get in coach K's doghouse, you may not play that much. Right. And all of a sudden your draft Looking stock at you, is Joey Baker. Yeah. Alex um, O'Connell. Uh, so, <clears throat> right. I think there are two ways of looking at this, uh, which is, um, what are, are the players ready? right, to go to the NBA. And I think you could look at our entire lineup and say, none of them are ready no. to go to the NBA. And that not even Trey Jones, like that he's not a, a going to be a, a anything higher than a late first round pick, uh, if that. Yep. <clears throat> the other way of looking at it is, which NBA teams are dumb enough to invest in these guys? Or not dumb enough, but I, I mean, to, to just to make the investment now. And I would say, sure, I would invest in Matt Hurt. I would invest in Vernon Carey. I would invest in Cassius Stanley. I would maybe invest in, in Trey Jones. Um, <clears throat> I may even invest in Wendell Moore, right? So, it, like, it's it's almost not even for us to say uh, who is going. It's like, well, you know, the, no house has a price until there's a buyer yeah. for it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the NBA is the buyer, and I just don't know what what they want um, or what they want to invest in. Because I, I don't know how much a, a late first round pick or a second round pick is really even worth to them. And also to extend that analogy, the neighborhood uh, where you sell the house sure, sure. is the year in which you're going out. Right. So it, like, again, just to, to your point, <laughs> if there's a big strong class coming next year and this year's yeah. class isn't very strong, yeah, you may want to get the hell out because all of a sudden if you're, you know, mid to late first rounder this year, next year you're, Second round or whatever, that's um, that's obviously a big difference. So, yeah. do second round picks get um, guaranteed contracts? No, I don't remember. I think you're right in saying no, but I'm not exactly sure of the uh, of the economics of it. So yeah, so for um, for the record, these are the commits that we have coming in. And granted, the article that I'm looking at right now is from November 2019. So we have Jamin Brakefield, six eight two fifteen forward. Um, he's number 23 overall. Henry Coleman, the third, six, seven, two, ten forward. It's like the predominant position in the game anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Johnson, six, eight, two, fifteen forward who did this in a high school game. <laughs> We're watching the dunk right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, why was that so impressive? Ariana Can just, you do that? Oh, well, no. We've already discussed my inability to dunk. But Have he's, any of he's our players 17. right now this season done that? Cassius. Has he? I don't know. Where did he dunk from? All right, let's see. We're watching. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, okay. that's that what was, I thought. That was, that's that's what, what I thought. I just saw the end of it. That's what I thought. He put the ball between his legs as he was in the air. I don't know, Aaron. You staked out a hard position and then immediately gave way. <laughs> well, no, I saw he the whole clip. He didn't see it properly see the, the first clip. time, Shane. It's uh, a, did you see it? Did you, know you see him put the ball between his Jekyll legs? Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I was immediately impressed. Oh, well, okay. He was. <laughs> like Duke is Jekyll and Hyde. Aaron's Jekyll and Hyde with women. He's either interrupting them or completely like. Totally unimpressed. Why are you showing? Totally getting bullied by them. (laughs) (laughs) He's speechless. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! He's got nothing. Um, Uh, Jeremy Roach, six-two guard. He's number fifteen overall. Uh, DJ Stewart, six-three guard, number twenty-six overall. How do you guys? Mark Williams, seven-foot center. 
number 30 overall. Oh, interesting. So Wait, is Mark Williams a white guy? I don't know. Are we going to have a big dopey white guy? Uh, it's interesting Zubac, that it's all about race for you. Zubek take two. Yeah, uh, except I was seven foot though. I guess, well, I guess yeah. Zubek was close, wasn't he? I want a big, doofy white guy center. No, I don't. Why am I saying that? <laughs> That's the last thing I want on this team. Oh, Lord. How do you guys... Here's a, um, a broader question. How do you feel Mark about... Mark Williams is black. Okay. This Justin. Good for the team. Bad for comedy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, how do you guys feel about following recruiting in general? It, uh, it's something I've never been able to get into. Um, it is creepy as shit because they're high school because they're they're, they're kids. Just little babies. Okay, I think so too. So, like, I actually have this feeling um, when it comes to even talking about things like draft stock. Um, what? Sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, that oh I thought it was sorry, Shane. No, I no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was watching a video of Mark Williams and I hit the volume on accident. <laughs> Continue. Podcast. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I promise. <laughs> this new mixer is really mixing things up. Folks. Hey. It's certainly mixing things up. Uh, Continue. That it's recruiting it, creepy. It's creepy as is you know like NFL draft stock and NFL combine where they're like measuring the guy's hands. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not that far from measuring their craniums. Right. The calipers are yeah right out. Um, I'm like that is just it feels gross to me. Um, and I think the youth element with high school basketball recruits is a similar thing where it really does feel like 40 year old men in their basement, um, on their computers looking at 17 year old, uh, boys and like getting really excited. My boys. <laughs> My boys. I'm we're definitely going to make a button for that. Amazing. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you. And let's not forget the fact that if one of them commits to a, the school that they don't root for, they will they like, just harass them. Send death yeah. threats to them. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't mean it in a sexual way. I mean it like you're you're staking so much of your future happiness on the decisions of a 17-year-old. Yeah. Well, also, have we seen too many? My thing, too. On what a, are you, a guidance counselor? Oh, I did my own sound effect. Well done. Thank you. Well done. We won't be adding that one to the sound thing. Hold on. But no, yeah. Um, what was I just going to say? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Th and also broadly, I feel like I've watched too many recruits flop to mm. not fundamentally. I don't trust any, anybody's talent evaluation yeah. from a high school level. So for me, it's, and it's always, there's something fun too about and this is because i'm not a one team fan like I, there's something fun about seeing these kids for the first time when they're playing and going oh now i'm excited for cassius stanley or whoever yeah and if you had looked at the rankings before you wouldn't have like given cassius stanley a look mm -hmm. and great i don't know i'm not saying he's the best dude player ever but he's way more exciting than anybody would have guessed um same thing happened with zion right zion coming in is like it's like rj1 zion's yeah, good but, but yeah i don't know how things are going to translate and he one like blew the college game out of the water now that he's back playing in the nba he's blowing the nba game out of the water so that's right yeah i i get what you're saying insofar as like whether or not the ranking actually reflects how good the player is actually going to translate to mm -hmm. playing mm -hmm. the game at that next level also it's i like in april um after having watched the tournament and 
after the first three weeks being just very kind of sick of college basketball or mostly sick of watching the same CBS commercials over and over to the point that you like hate yourself. I like in April going, it's baseball season or whatever. Moving on to the next Watching something different and I don't have to think about basketball for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the people who should care about recruiting are the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it. And I think so... I think in regards to this, social media has played a really big sure. role in why recruiting has gotten so big because there are all of these different social media accounts that essentially follow these kids around and like post the things that they're doing regularly to kind of showcase like who they are, what they're capable of, et cetera, et cetera, and like create that kind of frenzy around them. I mean, you see the same thing with yeah. like the videos oh, yeah. that kids are creating when they like commit to schools anymore. It's sure. no longer just like, you, put you know, on. the hat. Yeah. It's like whole entire hype videos about like what school they're going to. So I think social media is definitely fed into see, the I think- fact that the public eye is on recruiting in addition to yeah. coaches. And how many like accounts are there run by like a four foot seven weirdo called like ball 24 seven. Yeah. Who's like in some high school gym, uh-huh. like doing things. That, and to be fair, they get like exposure, but yeah. it's like music. And then it's like someone dunking and it's, yeah. I don't know. It, it drives me nuts. I like it for the kids though. Oh yeah. They I, get ex- I think that's fun, mm-hmm. right? It's fun to make like a hype video of yourself and say where you're going to college. And like, that's cool. Like I, I like the social media uh, uh, aspect that way. Shane, to your point, yeah, yeah, it's ball ball twenty four seven. Is like all right. That's a little weird. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it, it's the difference between like self reporting, right, or or you know uh, self publicate or whatever publicizing yeah. yourself, totally, totally expressing totally. yourself, enjoying yourself, and then having like an actual media lens turned on you. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't. Um, I, I I never follow recruiting in college basketball or football. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's, I definitely prefer to, I still see the same commercials though. I don't get different commercials. Mine are all for testosterone. <laughs> and I've been taking a lot of it. So is that how you're getting your sick gains? Yes. With a that's, Z? I'm taking, uh, I'm taking all the testophen. Uh, I take the one, whichever one, Frank, the big hurt Thomas takes. <laughs> Aaron uh, takes creatine now and he just is like punching holes through walls in my house. It's insane. He leaves the podcast. If you don't hear him yeah, talking right, for a while, right. I'm just, I'm just he's in the punching house just headbutting my fucking walls. It's crazy. He pays me after every, I'll throw yeah. the damage, but I just kind of wish it would stop. Um, I will say I, we've probably alienated everybody who likes, enjoys following recruiting. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong. With yeah, we like, called you, we called you freaks, fucking freaks sex and perverts. And now I'm going to gently walk it back. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You're just so mildly, mildly fetishistic in a weird <laughs> way. That's all. No, I mean, I've always been, this is a bias for me because I've never followed off-season transactions in baseball or football or yeah. prof- even at the professional level. So it's just not something I like enjoy doing. Um, so look, yeah, I if you get excited about like who Duke is recruiting and what the team looks like next year, that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that as long as you're not a weirdo who like gets like writes death threats to Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Like after he, uh, Chooses not your school. Exactly. That's when it gets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, I always like before countdown to craziness, like in the lead up to basketball season is when I look and see like, Oh, who do we have? Who are these and then I pull up yeah. videos, um, to be like, Oh, this is like, this is what we got. This is what we, they look like. This is what they're potentially going to do. This is how they're going to mix with the guys that we still have, mm-hmm. um, returning this season to kind of, also be able to like know their names and their faces before the season begins. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay. What else? Do we have anything else or should we, uh, should we start to think about wrapping up and giving folks a sense of what to expect this coming week and this coming next month? So well, I would like to find out what our podcasting schedule is. Well, okay, that we'll, we're definitely we can, covering that. We're going to we cover that. We don't need oh, yeah. to do that on air. We're going to cover that on the air. Oh, no, are we? Are we going to hash oh, it yeah. out oh, when yeah. we're when we're recording one? <laughs> we're going to get our spreadsheets out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pull out our calendars. We'll put a Google Doc link so folks can follow. Yeah, so folks. This can is while we're recording. How? Um, I was going to say, <laughs> can we touch a little bit on the fact that essentially all of the big four minus the one that was playing the other lost this week. And if we hadn't lost to state, we would probably be top four, top five at least. And I'm mad about it. Well, wait, what's Duke right now? Aren't we number we're six? Six or seven. Yeah. So, but we're going to drop down a little. Oh yeah. No, uh, I think we'll I end know. up staying we'll because of the folks who lost this week. San Diego state lost. Gonzaga lost. Kansas beat Baylor. Baylor lost. Like I think Duke could have been as high as number two. If we had it if, really, if, if we had beat state yeah. and uh, Virginia Tech, it's not fair because Kansas is going to go to number one and uh -huh. Dayton isn't. Yeah. Who yeah. did Dayton lose to? Did they lose to Kansas? No. no. Colorado. 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 Oh, they lost to Kansas. And they did okay. lose to Kansas. Okay. Yeah. Um, what a weird, what like, a weird week so for it's, college it's a, basketball. Like you said, it's about to change, but right now the top four includes Baylor, Gonzaga, San Diego state and Dayton. Yep. That's insane. There's yep. no blue bloods in there. I nope. mean, Kansas is there and Duke is lurking, but then like Maryland's good again. Uh -huh. Penn state is in the top 10. This is a bizarre it's an interesting season. Fucking year. Yeah. yeah. Um, the tournament is going to be fascinating. Like Houston yeah. is ranked like BYU is ranked. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. BYU has a player who his stash and hair choice are very akin to Ben Stiller's character from Dodgeball. <laughs> and nice. I think that's the reason why he's so good because players who are defending him or he's defending are deeply unsettled. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they were looked really good yeah. beating Gonzaga. Oh, yeah. For what it's worth, I mean, I again, I don't trust the Mountain West as far as Agreed. I can throw them, but they looked good. And he can throw them pretty far. I can throw a mountain. <laughs> very far. Oh, Mountain West. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, I feel that the tournament this year is not going to be as popular because there are not going to be mm. that many blue bloods mm. doing doing things or making noise, um, and it won't have the same effect because there there won't be big upsets if you don't have those big big, teams. big people to fall right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm already planning to enjoy. I, I think the first two days of of the NCAA tournament. Um, should be national holiday. Agreed. Uh, because they are the two best days in sports. Mm -hmm. I, I think like Sunday at the Masters is really fun. Mm -hmm. um, Sunday Wimbledon finals. Sunday too. Wimbledon finals, really fun. Um, uh, and the first two days of the NCAA mm -hmm. tournament. Yeah. Um, They're so good. Me and my friends used to um, occasionally take a conference room at mm -hmm. school and hook up our laptops sure. and like watch during the oh, day. I'm taking vacation this year. Nice. Yeah, when I prelim, oh, you have to. You have to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm committed. Good for you. It's, good. You should be. It's so good. There's the so much basketball. It's such a good day. I still remember the feeling. And, um, like, don't you know the feeling at like nine o'clock where it's like, oh, yeah. Where it's like, uh, more basketball, but also but more uh, basketball. More basketball. Yeah. I, well, I still remember the excitement I would have as a kid. My stepdad and I would go to uh, a diner and we'd fill out our brackets and we'd share the picks. Yep. It was so much fun. It was like, I'll never be that happy again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, shit. 
shade. Never. I'll never be that happy again. It's just that me. was peak happiness. That was. That was. That feeling will be something I never get again. Really? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it's fantastic. Oh man, we should do a fan bracket pool. Yes, we should. We should absolutely do that. We can't encourage gambling. What if we all? Got I mean, it doesn't together? have to be gambling. They Sweet. could win some sweet swag from us if they oh, win. Oh, okay. If we're all taking vacation, should we um, watch together? Yeah, I like it. I don't want to be weird, but pod pod some about the action. We should do a twenty a twelve hour podcast <laughs> of just us reacting to the first day of basketball. Just the sound effects. <laughs> None of our voices. Just yeah. noises. <laughs> Uh, so let's real, real quickly go and say, okay, the Cameron Lacy's are back. Uh, I have mm-hmm. this very portable mixer, which means that even though I'm traveling a bunch, we're going to find ways to hook up mm-hmm. and make sure we do these podcasts, even from a distance. We're going to record Wednesday. Yep. It's going to be a rare split pod. It's going to be a half hour with me and Aaron, half hour with me and Ariana, uh, because they can't come at the same time. You're not going to get the third permutation, which of is a half hour with Ariana and Aaron. One day, oh, I Aaron. thought the third permutation was two, just two Shanes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We could do that. Could, that is possible. It could get weird. It would be, I've listened to the ones that I've done solo and I talk so fast. It might be good to, <laughs> to have, have a, second, a Shane. second Shane to just slow down the pace a little bit. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. And I, I will say, like, if you've uh, if you've enjoyed this, we're getting more and more listeners all the time. We always say thank you. If you enjoy it and you listen on iTunes, leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. Um, that's really helpful. Uh, wherever you're listening, we thank you for doing it. Oh, should we, uh, do you want to do a little country breakdown? Yeah, let's go to the map. I think we haven't done that in a while. We always like to see where our folks are listening Listening from. from. Um, hold on one second. Okay. We need a loading sound effect. And we're going down to the map. All right. So, um, we have same countries. No, I don't think these people know though that we have Italy, that we have Hungary, that we have the Czech Republic, Germany, the Netherlands, the UK, China, South Korea, New Zealand, Australia. We have every continent except um, Africa and South America. And we have the United Arab Emirates. We have exactly one person who has listened from there, which is huge for us. We've been targeting that. Um, we have not gotten Israel, which is really disappointing to me. Yeah, um, Aaron, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't just recreate <laughs> So rec- it was funny once, but not again. So the recording just failed. And so we're recording just these last few seconds over. And the joke I made was that I can't, I said I was going to do it again without saying it, but I can't. I'm, I'm just not yeah, hack just, enough. Yeah, forget it. But no, we're the good. joke was, I'm going to say it now that it's contextual. I said the reason it's kind of like why Hillary Clinton had Tim Kaine as vice president so she could win Virginia. I said, Aaron, you were brought on board to right. bring us Israel and you have not delivered. Not a single listener from Israel. Did they win Virginia last time? Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so sorry. I'm no I'm no Tim Kane. <laughs> you're fucking worse than Tim Kane. <laughs> sorry. And, and no I, Tim Kane. And I also I signaled my willingness to um to do anti Palestinian propaganda. Whatever yeah, is yeah. whatever's needed. Whatever to, it takes. Uh, maybe I don't think be, it's necessary. Maybe no. that'll be our next ad. <laughs> Please let's not let's, do that. Let's not let's go not there. <laughs> no, people know what I feel about that. We don't have to. Nobody's offended. Uh, Ariana, <laughs> you also made the point that Antarctica might not exist yeah. on this map. Um, oh, and then the other thing I said was that Ireland, uh, no listeners from Ireland. I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. This is That's my neighborhood. Yeah, you yeah. Should get that's the... my hood. I've been there twice now. Uh, those are my people. So, yeah, if you know people in Ireland, um, let them know. But, yeah, just in general, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And... 
I would say we're going to hit this hard over the mm-hmm. next month. I don't think we're going to keep the podcast going in the off season, but I think we'll hopefully come back next yeah. year. I mean, this is this has been a lot of fun, really long term. But yeah, we've almost got thirty episodes, and um, it's been a blast to do this with you guys. And we are effing back. Yeah. Any yeah. Uh, final That's remarks? Well, if Cassius Stanley plays like this, uh, I don't think we're going to lose another game. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Hold on. Good job, Aaron. Oh, um, goodness. And oh, with that, man. well, yeah. I think with that, we should go. Yeah. Wrapped up number That's what I was trying to do. That's what I was trying to do. It, that should have been the end of the pod. It should have been. We should have ended on applause for Aaron. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.